Thank you for listening to the Silver Club Podcast. Here's your host, two-time Walker Cupper and former world amateur number one Steve Scott and golf historian Colin Sheehan. Okay, everyone, great to have you on board with us for episode 67 of the Silver Club Podcast. Appreciate you downloading and subscribing to all of our previous 66 episodes. Our most recent one was with Michael Block and his son Dylan, who hits it a mile. We all know Michael from PGA Championship fame at Oak Hill this year. He'll get another crack at it next May at Valhalla as well for finishing in the top 15. So if you haven't checked that pod out, it's episode 66. So check that one out. Debuted just a few weeks ago. But today... Really excited to bring you David Jones, the UK golf guy. We're going to learn so much about what is open during this upcoming year. Where will you be able to play if you want a trip overseas that you haven't planned yet? Maybe one of those hidden gems that you just don't know about, but you need to. You're going to learn all about that on our podcast today. And we've got the great Colin Sheehan, the co-host extraordinaire. He is joining our interview here shortly. But before we get to the great podcast, I just wanted to say we're just about to wrap up this wonderful season of the Silver Club Golfing Society. It's been our fifth season. We just celebrated our fifth anniversary back on October 26th, and it's been an awesome year. We've gone to some amazing places. Hop on our Instagram page at Silver Club Golf. Check out all the venues we've gotten to go to. It's just been absolutely spectacular. Highlighted most recently with a five-day trip to Bandon Dunes, a week-long trip to Scotland, and we are in the planning stages right now We will debut our 2024 calendar in early December. Oh, I'd say by the 10th or so. So make sure you keep in touch with us. We've got so many awesome venues. We're going to go to San Francisco to a great venue that might host the U.S. Open. We're going to go to Cabo in February. Stay nice and warm while everybody's freezing. We're going to hit PGA Frisco. We're going to be everywhere. So stay in touch with us. And go on our website, www.silverclubgs.com. Fill out the short web form. I will personally get back to you. I love talking to everybody. I've talked to people for the last five years, all the members that have joined our society. It has been so much fun getting to know so many people. We have 36 states represented in our society right now. So, so nice to meet so many people far and wide who love this game just as much as I do, who love to compete who love to travel, and love to be a part of a really special group of people. One thing I'm most excited about, we're heading to Briggs Ranch in San Antonio to see if we can do battle with our sister society, the Outpost Club, in some fun match play formats, four ball, foursome, singles, all that stuff, right near the Alamo. We're going to do battle. And then we will be in the Aiken, South Carolina area The first week of December for our Silver Club Invitational, playing a few nice golf courses around those parts as well. That'll kind of culminate our year, and then we'll get it going soon in 2024. Again, our schedule will be out first week or so of December, so stay tuned to us. Again, silverclubgs.com on the web or at Silver Club Golf on Instagram or the X. You'll see so many great pictures of places that we have gotten to go. It's been so much fun over these first five years. I can't wait to see what the next five years brings us. 
Don't just think of the Silver Club as a tournament competition group. It's so much more than that. You dive in, you get a great sense of what we're all about, the great camaraderie, the great competition, the great golf courses we get to play all over the country and around the world. Again, silverclubgs.com. Fill out the short web form. I can't wait to talk to you real soon. Okay, without further ado, let's get to our podcast with the UK golf guy, David Jones. All right, we got Colin Sheehan in the house and our esteemed guest this week on the Silver Club podcast, the UK golf guy, Mr. David Jones. Welcome. Lovely to be here. How are you, Steve? Yeah, great, great. This is great. This is cool to get the three of get the three of us together. Well done. Yeah, this is great. So, David, where are you right now? Because I know that you've been on, you've just finished your charity walk 2023 up and down the east coast of Scotland. Where yeah. are you right now? Yeah, so I'm in Aberdeen. For those people who know Aberdeen, just by the railway station, I walked. Um, so I, I started this walk about during lockdown uh, when I worked from North Berwick to St Andrews, carrying my clubs, playing around every day and trudged around there. And then, then I started last week again, picked it up in St Andrews and walked up to Aberdeen. When I did it last time, it was in May and September, I think, I did two legs. Um, and it was lovely weather. It was a joy. And now I did it in November. And believe me, it's not as good fun in November as it is in May. <laughs> What a what a walk though! I, I know Colin, you've been you've been around those parts a little bit too. Oh, I love it up there. I've actually, you know, been in that part of, in the Highlands in November. I'll never forget uh, being a Castle Steward approaching Thanksgiving and seeing the sun sort of go in a low arc from nine to three, like a gray ball just across yeah. the. Yeah. Across that, that, that was a, that was a bit actually quite hard because I was trying to play most days and walk, but like. Eight o'clock to four o'clock is pretty much what we've got at the moment. Um, so I was first out every round. I was like, if there are people on the team, do you mind if I go first? I, I didn't have a round over two hours, uh, which which was pretty good going. I, I did have to play through it. The first round I did in St. Andrews, I played the one of the small courses there, the Strathiram. Um, and there was these three old guys who'd got, who'd got ahead of the first tee time, but they were not for calling me through because they always went out first. But, uh, but I managed to charm them. Um, and then walked from there to Scotts Greg just just as the sun was setting. So it's been fun. It was very wet the first week, but the last few days have been glorious. I was at uh, Stonehaven this morning, and it's just beautiful, right on the cliffs there. A very very fun, weird course, um, and it was just great. Yeah. So so all is good, but I'm I'm quite glad to have finished it now. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I saw I saw on your social media you said two two hundred and sixty five thousand three hundred twenty four steps. 129 miles walked. I mean, where do you keep your clothes? Like what's, I mean, you got backpacks, you got clubs, you got where, where do you keep all your stuff to like manage for that? Yeah. I'd I'd love to say I had a huge support team, but I didn't. It was just me. The good thing around here is between the trains and the buses, you can kind of do it. So going up these coasts, for example, I walked from um, our bros to Montrose and then just got the train back because it just goes all the way up that coast. So most of it was just jumping on a train, going back to where the car was, driving on to the next Airbnb. So the, the logistics actually worked really well. Um, 
And yeah, just just keep on going. Put the head down, keep walking. Um, it's a charity that some friends of mine set up for a feeding program in Kenya, um, and we've raised tons of cash. So couldn't be more happy with the way it's gone. I've got, I've got all my limbs still, and that's all I was looking for. <laughs> People could still right. donate to that, though, right? They can indeed. Um, so if they go to UK Golf Guy, you'll you'll see a link there. I, th- I think we're up to like twenty five thousand pounds, which is just wow. amazing. So really, really chuffed with it. Twenty five thousand pounds. How many pounds did you lose though in this trek? <laughs> I know oh. if I'm walking, if I'm walking 129 miles, like you know, I'm gonna, I can't eat yeah. enough at night. That was my hope, but all <laughs> of these places, they all open for breakfast. So every single golf club, you can you, you can have a bacon roll before and afterwards if you want. And then I was carb loading <laughs> at lunch, so I dread to think okay. that I got the scales. It, it hasn't worked out as planned. Steve, what I love about what you know, in addition to the charity, is that. He's showcasing the fact that for all the sort of reputation of, of foul weather that the UK has from Americans, they their golf season is 52 weeks of the year along the coast. Um, yeah. Obviously, day, daylight's a bit of an issue, but like we're here in New England about to have courses closed for the next four, four months or if not more. There's a few exceptions on the water. like, But, you know, for people that are m- maybe – first trip but i it's there's there's availability of courses and the, and the rates drop and and yeah there's something there's something to be said about being over there this time of year and playing golf it's it's, it's pretty no, exciting. I, 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 I think you're spot on one of the biggest um secrets if you like is going to muirfield right it's really hard to get a tea time at muirfield between may and october and it costs you a lot of money to do it um Muirfield in the off season, you can still play every Tuesday and Thursday. I think it's probably about 125 pounds. To be honest, historically, I've always thought the winter's a good time to play because the rough's not not as high, although they they actually have improved that a lot in the summer now. Um, the only thing is here I can do it because I live in East Logan. I can look out the window and uh, decide where to go and play. It's, it's a little bit hard if you're coming from the East Coast. But I was actually listening as I was trudging up today to a podcast um, you did with uh, – Neil Reagan. Um, and I, I used to have some exchanges with him. And one of the things I was actually planning with him prior, prior to his passing was he was like, look, I can just get on a plane at three days notice and I'll be over there. Tell me when the weather's good and we'll do it. And if you've got that kind of flexibility to do it, then wow, um, you can catch some great weather. You could also catch some terrible weather. Um, but but it's nowhere near as bad as people think, especially on the East Coast. Like on the East Coast, you go to Muirfield, no winter greens, no temporary tees. You play that course exactly as you do in the summer with slightly easier rough. Um, the West Coast, they get they get so much more rain, so they tend to go to temporary greens, temporary tees. Everywhere is using mats, so it's not quite as good over there. Uh, but on the East Coast, and it's like if you go to the southeast of England, Colin, you were there in what, March this year? Um, fantastic time to go. It was gorgeous. I, I recommend that to anybody. Right, <laughs> availability and just and, and seeing the scenes uk golf at its at its you know sort of in an honest r- real take i i remember uh when we were building castle stewart we, we went up to play brewer on one of the saturdays and it was in the winter and it was more of a team building exercise like a morale thing we're going to do this and it was a dreadful day it was freezing cold it was raining it was barely playable and there was like seven or eight other groups out on the course that we've ever joking, like, what, 
for them, it was just Saturday. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> like, it wasn't this like once in a generation type of, uh, you know, like kind of polar plunge of golf. It was just like, I God, I love that spirit. I just, I love, uh, I remember a few years ago being at Burnham and Barrow and it's raining and, and it wasn't, and the forecast was dreadful for the whole afternoon and group after group, you know, pulling into the parking lot of members and unloading and unpacking their trolleys and, and putting on their, on their ring gear and going out without any, you know, without any, without any reservations. I remember seeing like a mother and a daughter, like, I'm like, this would never happen in the U S like, <laughs> it's just, if you, if you waited for a perfect day, you might, you might, you might have to wait a month. So yeah. It's crazy. I, I mean, the golf is definitely different over there. I mean, one of the one of the biggest things we are so spoiled over here in the U.S. I mean, when we took our trip with the Silver Club over there during the Walker Cup, and then we, you know, played Carnoustie and Kings Barnes and Royal Dornick and Castle Stewart and Royal Aberdeen. I mean, you name it. You know, and thank you for setting all that up for us, uh, David. It was a fantastic trip yeah. we had and amazing weather we had there in early September. But one of the biggest things we are so spoiled over here is when we make the turn or even, you know, if you go to a discovery property, you get, you know, you get two uh, comfort stations, right? I mean, if you aren't ready, when you stand on that tee armed with, uh, you know, whatever drink you need and any food you need for the next four hours or whatever, uh, hopefully less, but most of the time about four hours. You you're out of luck. I mean, there's not a whole lot over there at, at some of those places, is there? I know it's like the third world <laughs> over here, Steve. It's really really <laughs> tough, but but somehow we managed to go somehow four you hours without a transfusion. <laughs> somehow we do. Yeah, I, I tell you what, when we were over there, I I got to play. Uh, uh, we got to play at uh, Nairn as well. We had a beautiful yeah. afternoon at Nairn. Nairn has actually one of the coolest. Uh, you know, it's there, it was very simple, but it was like an old salmon, like st I don't even know what you like. They stored salmon in there or something when they, yeah. you know, from back in the day, it was that was their turnhouse. It was, it was really, yeah. Cool. And actually, what they've done with that, I mean, that only opened uh, a few years ago, but it's almost now become a bit of a calling card. Um, so you start to see things on social media, people talking about it, and it's become part of the experience there. But but there's nothing fancy about it, is there? It's, it's, it's just a nice place to get a sandwich and a shot of whiskey if you fancy, <laughs> have some cold beer, and off you go again. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Now, now some of these courses we're listing, and I, I know another thing that you're you're big into, David. You you've got this great charity auction on your site as well. Again, ukgolfguide.com. You've got some amazing venues. I mean, you've got Royal Troon is hosting the the Open next year. You've got. St. Patrick's Links over in Ireland. You've got a 36-hole yeah. day at Muirfield, Royal Dornick, which is maybe one of my maybe my favorite golf course I've ever played. And then the uh, the last one, and I, I want to it's it's the Renaissance Club. A lot of people say Renaissance. What do you say? It's the Renaissance. I mean, <laughs> when you say a lot of people say the Renaissance, um, the maybe over, over here, over here. America. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the Renaissance. It, it, I mean, the Renaissance happened a few hundred years ago. It wasn't the Renaissance. Um, look, it's, it's just one of those <laughs> things. But Americans say the Ryder Cup, the Ryder Cup collection to it. But uh, yeah, we've got a time at the Renaissance, uh, which is great. There's a member there who's who's um, hosting, and that's that's an interesting course. I mean, Tom Doak um, has only built one course in Britain. That's it. He's built one in Ireland. That's St. Patrick's. There's there's another one coming. 
at Cabot Highlands, um, which I went up to have a look at a few weeks ago. Clyde Johnson's doing the work there for Tom. So, um, you know, but I think probably a few years ago over here, you had to be a bit of a geek to have heard of Tom. Um, but as, as, as he's doing this work, more and more um, individuals are certainly hearing about him. Um, and I'm excited to see what they do up at up at Cabot, Colin, I guess there's a hell of a high bar that, that you set and the team set there. You know, it's been a staple in the top 100 rankings um, and, and it's going to be fascinating to see what they come up with. I can't wait. I spent a lot of time on the, the part of the property that the sort of new course is on and um, it's stunning. I mean, we always, I'll never forget, uh, Council Stewart, Mark had a, the idea of the, the, sea, the seaside holes were like the, he referred to the, that, that portion of the course as the balcony and sort of the middle of the front nine is, is I'm, I'm sorry, the orchestra and the middle of the front nine is sort of the mezzanine and then the back nine being the balcony, <laughs> three, mm-hmm. three highs. Um, the other, the new one, the new course, obviously, right. It plays, it comes closer to the castle plays around the estuary yeah. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a stunning place. I love looking across to the Black Isle. Uh, you know, I, I there was not a single day on site that I wasn't sort of just gobsmacked by the views up and down the Firth, Shannery Point. Absolutely, absolutely loved it there. Yeah. Um, and and actually, again, when you talk about the climate, I mean. We like our microclimates in Scotland. East Lothians, uh, we say, has got a microclimate and definitely that part of the world of the Murray Perth as well. Um, and, you know, it's still the case that, that that a lot of Americans will come to East Lothian. They'll go to Fife. Um, it is harder to get people up to the Highlands. I, I just think it's not got um, probably quite the same pull. But Steve, as you found this year, you know, the quality is is amazing. And I think when you add that one on as well, um, it's going to be great for the area generally. There's a new hotel opened at Dornoch as well, um, which which looks fantastic. There's mm-hmm. obviously still the ongoing will Embo happen or not and cool links. Um, but just that part of the world is, is is a really exciting part of the world to go to. And there's still for me something which is, um, if you go to Fife for tourists, especially from America, you walk down the centre of St Andrews in the summer and you know, most of the voices will be American that you hear, um, and and they do it really, really well. But you go to the Highlands, you walk into Goldsby, you go to Tain, you go to Fortrose and Rosemarkey, which which I love, you know, and 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 it's you are playing with the guys who are the locals there, even in the middle of summer, you're still having that experience. So for people looking for, I guess, a little bit more of an authentic experience, sure, it takes a bit longer to get to, but from Edinburgh Airport, stop at Boat of Garton or King Usi on the way up. Um, and you know you're having your evening meal in a donut, and, and you can have a great few days up in the Highlands. It's it still for me feels like not undiscovered is the wrong word, but but underdeveloped, under explored maybe is a better word. Um, mm-hmm. And I love Dornoch too. You know I think that that that's just such a special place. So in Scotland we are ridiculously spoilt, but I do think that area is one that's that's going to come on even more in the next few years. Now, you don't just cover Scotland, though. I mean, you you help people get on golf courses really anywhere. I mean, where where else if if somebody was going to go onto your site and and learn, you know, hey, where I want to go on a trip overseas somewhere, but maybe I don't want to go to Scotland. Where else can can you help take them? 
Fuck yeah. I mean, it, it, it actually started the website that I had is just, just I went around playing playing some lovely courses and then I, I, mean, I had a background. I worked in the banking industry. I worked in FMCG for a few years. I really wanted to do something uh, slightly different because I'd met lots of people and, and had some contacts, decided to go into golf. I mean, we we had a trip that, that I hosted uh, last year to Paris, went to Morfontaine and Fontainebleau, two of my favorite courses on the continent. Um, I've, got, I've got a month coming up in Australia, which is going to be fantastic. You know, that whole sandbelt golf is just something from a man who lives in East Lodian uh, that are as good as the sandbelt. And then you hop on a plane and you go to Tasmania. Seven Mile Beach will be open before too long, um, which... Mike DeVries um, and Mike Clayton are working on. Cape Wickham is one of my favorites. So that's an amazing place. But look, I'm, I'm also now um, partnered, as you know, with the Outpost Club. And um, we've got 16 people going to southern Spain coming up in June, July. Um, that's going to be wow. great. Um, and actually, we are starting the year in Argentina in February. And we're going to finish up in Japan and New Zealand in November and and everything in between. So so there are just so many great places to explore. And and look, I really, really understand why people want to come to St. Andrews and they want to do Muirfield. These these are fantastic places, um, but they're also jammed solid and they're also quite expensive. Yeah. Um, but there's so much other golf out there. Colin's probably done even more of it than I have, but but there's just so many wonderful places to explore. Um, I was in Japan and Korea earlier this year, loved that. South Africa's another place, like no one talks about South Africa. And the quality of the golf in South Africa is good. But the experience you get just going to South Africa is just fantastic. So, so they struggle to think of anywhere where there's a golf course that, that I wouldn't like to go. I'm I'm looking out putting a trip together to to Iceland. You know, there's wow. the, the most passionate golfers in the world in Iceland. So per head Iceland. of population, Iceland there were there were more golfers in Iceland than than pretty much anywhere else in the world. It's a very <laughs> short season, but it's you great. Think? It's it's a bit like um, <laughs> I went to. I went to Lofoten Links, which has just got into the World Top 100. Um, I went there a couple of years ago, up in the Arctic Circle, north of Norway. Again, short season, and it's been it's been discovered a bit now, um, and it's just fantastic. So, so there's very few places in the world I, I've I've been to. I played golf in Ethiopia and Ghana. You know, wherever you go, you're likely to find people who've got a passion for this game, and just finding people with a passion for the game, you're probably going to have fun. Well, that's awesome. The uh... In Iceland, there's they've got sort of links courses with black sand. Yeah, <laughs> the volcanic, the volcanic sand. I remember playing in the Arctic Open at Akureyri, and it was like your tea time was eleven twenty-two p.m. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, there's uh, there's a lot of places, and that, and actually one of the things I know um, that, that's been out recently, you know, the golf magazines had its World Top Hundred. I'm just just looking at the list now. And with lists like that, there's there's kind of a bit of shuffling around of courses that, that everybody knows. Um, and that's fine. And people get quite into that and quite exercised by that. But actually, that doesn't necessarily help you find the new places. And what, what I like to think I can help people with is find some of the new places, which which are perhaps a bit more interesting. Yeah, you've got a uh, your ultimate top 100 golf course on your on your site as well. Looking through there. Uh, that that was an interesting list I put together a few years ago, and it's and it's um, it needs a bit of a refresh. So so what I did, you know, you get all these course rankings, and there used to be there's a Golf Digest World Top Hundred. There was the Top One Hundred Courses website did one. There was the Golf Magazine, which is probably the 
the one which is um, the most, uh, I was going to say respected, but but it's the one that if you're trying to play the courses you play. And there was a really good architects list um, that came out probably about 2017, where you could only vote if you're an architect. Um, so what I did a few years ago is I kind of aggregated those four and said, look, literally just aggregate those four. What does that top 100 look like? Unfortunately, since then, the architects one's got a little bit out of date since then. You know, there's no Hoopy, there's no Ardfin, there's no St. Patrick. So because it's just old, so I really wish they'd do that. The Golf Digest one, they kind of abandoned and they just did a top 100 golf courses in the world, but they were all outside of the USA, which made it pretty useless from that point of view. And there was some bizarre <laughs> choices on there. So actually, that ultimate list is just an aggregation of the golf magazine, the top 100. So I need to have yeah. a look at that again. Um, yeah. Because, but, but there's a huge amount of overlap and there's always new courses coming in. I mean, there's St. Patrick's is one that, that I use. It's, it's into the top 50 now. For, for years and years in Ireland, there was a top five. Um, and those top five was just impregnable. The idea that anyone else would get into, you know, County Down, Port Rush, Ballybunion, Lynch, uh, Port Marnock, they were yeah. the top five. And St. Patrick's has actually broken into that, which is like, wow, to have done that just two years after opening. Um, and I've, I've, I've been there three or four times now, um, and it's exactly the kind of golf course that I love, I have to say. Um, yeah. Just like, just, just perfect. It's, what it's is, just like it's been draped on the ground, isn't it? It's, just, it's, it's literally like they've just draped a golf course over these amazing dunes. Um, they didn't move much earth at all. I think it costs them three million pounds to build or three million euros to build. You know, there's, there's, there's not many golf courses that, that you can do that for these days. No, no, David, be honest with it. Give us give us your candid take on Ardfin. My candid take on Ardfin. Um, so I went to Ardfin during one of the early lockdowns when I was supposed to be going on a trip somewhere else. And I looked at that, that had to be cancelled. And I looked at the weather forecast two days out and it was really good weather over there. So I was like, right, I'm going to go over there because the weather's good. And on the west coast of Scotland, that is a challenge. It's an incredibly exposed piece of land on Jura, looking over Isla. Um, it is it is stunning. You know, it's beyond stunning. I think the only other two courses that I've been to, and I've not, not been to them all by any means, but um, is probably South Cape in South Korea and Cape Wickham are, are similar, you know. Forget Pebble. This is just something else. It's on this most amazing rocky outcrop, and and I think that's part of the challenge with it. Is it's it's not natural golfing terrain. It's not a links golf course by mm-hmm. any stretch of the imagination. Um, the the work that kind of Bob Harrison and his team had to do to build that was incredible. Um, visually amazing. It is unforgiving to a point which I think is is possibly on the extreme now. Um, so when I was there, I mean, they, they only have a couple of hundred rounds a year on it. Likes it to be kept as a hard golf course. It's definitely in the conversation. So I'm not someone who's going to say, no, no, Ardfin's just there for X, Y, Z reason. It is one of the most spectacular places in the world to play golf. I, I actually had a charity day for the same charity I'm doing this walk for last year. And it had 60 people there in the most incredibly bad weather. <laughs> they almost cancelled the ferries, could barely stand up. The smiles on people's faces walking out, on average, they've lost eight or 10 golf balls. The smiles on their faces was just ear to ear. It, it is an experience. Would you want to play every day? And, and that's such a metric for me. You know, the kind of courses I want to go to, the ones I want to play every day. Um, you know, that's not hard for 
but for what it is, it does it really well. Great, great, great. All right. Well, well, we're not going to keep you too, too long here because I know you're tired. You got to go eat dinner. I mean, it's <laughs> it's it's running late your time and you are you probably you're whoop uh, from all the, the travels that you've had recently. But if somebody you know wanted to reach out to you and you can come through us and go to your website, whatever you want. Some of the courses, what is booked up for 2024? What can people still get on? What's yeah. what are some availability out there? For everybody looking to, to take a trip overseas in 2024. Yeah, sure. So the first thing I'd say is we've set up um, a, a bit of an offshoot of the Outpost Club called Outpost Overseas. Go to outpostoverseas.com um, and you'll be able to get in touch with me there. Um, Scotland, if, I mean, I would say don't even think now of East Lothian or Fife. It's it's just gone. It was gone months ago, to be honest with mm. you. Um, hard to get a hotel room. Probably won't get a tea time. Um but as soon as you push a little bit away from there, there's still availability for sure. Similar in Ireland, right? County Down and Portrush. Royal County Down opened their telephone lines on the first Monday of May for the next year. And by the Wednesday, every single tea time is gone. So forget that, right? <laughs> but head to Donegal instead. They'll still have times at St. Patrick's. You'll get onto Narinport. And who, you know, there's great places there. There's still times around the Dublin area. There's still some times in the southwest. So I was, I was actually talking to to an outpost member today, and we we put together a lovely trip for the next year to the southwest of Ireland. It's it's so funny. Um, there's so much availability still in England, and yet England has got probably slightly better weather. And 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 from a courses point of view, um, and I say to someone living in Scotland. There's more depth, you know. Um, there's so many wonderful golf courses in England. If you want to go down to the southwest of England, somewhere, Colin, I know you've spent spent plenty of time. Um, you, we can put a trip together there pretty easily. Again, the northwest of England, you know, you can still do Hoylake, Birkdale, Lytham, and spend a week in Liverpool and Southport. All that's still on the table. So even though now nice. I'm I'm already helping people starting plan for 2025, um, if you're willing to be a bit more adventurous, um, or just not even adventurous, just something which isn't necessarily ticking the boxes of the of the, of the ones in Scotland, plenty of opportunities out there. Um, and even beyond that, um, you know, the continent is is great. There's still times um, at some of the top courses in France that, that you can get. You go down to Portugal, Spain. Portugal's really interesting. It was always a bit of a joke. Uh, not a joke. That's far too extreme. It was a little bit in the UK. You know, if you go to the Algarve, you're going for the beer and the nightlife more than you are for the golf. Um, and if truth be told, that's probably still the case. But if you go to Lisbon, which is a fantastic city, by the way, you can fly there direct from the East Coast. Um, it's a fantastic city. There's a new David McClay kid course um, there, uh, Terrasta Comporta, which which I played a couple of times now, and it's it's really good. It's really good. And then you've got some other very nice courses around there. Um, you've got Praia do Rai, you've got West Cliffs, and it's just a cool place to hang out. Um, you could Great. walk onto a tea time there pretty much any day you wanted. So, so just being a bit more imaginative. Um, but then again, if 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 you know you really want to tick off um, all the big hero courses, I'd say for 2025. So where are we now? Beginning of November, Muirfield will have sold out all its times for 2025 by the end of March. So you kind of <laughs> need to start planning that now. So. It really depends what you're looking for, but um, yeah. there's plenty out there. There's there's so many golf courses in, in Scotland alone. We've got you know 530. 
So yeah. we'll always find somewhere. Get get on it early. That is the that's the theme of this conversation. David, you mentioned you mentioned England. I agree. I know well. Every, there's there's heaps of courses. I mean, it's it's like Woodhall Spa, criminally underrated. Brancaster, Hunstanton. You know, yeah. what would you? Uh, where are your favorite places? Yeah, I mean the, the other ones. I mean, I I am slightly unashamedly a links person. I, I do just adore links golf courses, but the ones you've mentioned um, for sure. I've still not fallen in love with Woodhall Spa. Perhaps I'm just not a good enough golfer. I don't know, but uh, I'm going to have to go back and look at it. Brancaster right door, um, you know, uh, just a beautiful place. The first time I went to to Eganton didn't quite get Ganton. I've been back three or four times now and I really enjoy Ganton. And then you go to All Woodley. Um, again, Clyde Johnson's been doing some work there, which is just so good. Um, so you go to All Woodley, you put in Moortown, you do Ganton. You can even combine those actually if you go down the coast further um, to the Hunt Stanton's, Brancaster, Woodhall Spa. Fantastic trip there. And actually the green fees there are so more reasonable. I mean, Scotland next year is going to break... 500 pounds to play at a golf course in scotland um Jeez. whereas i could probably put a trip together you could play three of those maybe four of the ones we've just mentioned england for the same price wow. um, and accommodation is cheaper you know everything's cheaper and the only thing you lose a little bit is you come to gullen and you're just living and breathing golf like when you walk into the pub no one thinks twice of carrying a golf bag over your back when you go in people are going to ask you how you got on it just lives and breathes it if you're on all Woodley and you go to Leeds with the golf bag, you might get a couple of looks. So it's, it's got a slightly <laughs> different feel to it, I guess. Yeah. Um, but the quality is just is just so good. And again, then you know, I know you've been there. That southeast of England, um, St George's, St Port. I, I like Princes. The accommodations they're good. You go down to Rye, um, really really nice. And I think there's a, loads of places where people think, oh, we just can't get on. You know, Swinley Forest. For years, you basically had to hand over your entire history to the secretary and talk to him in a certain way. Actually, these days, we can organize that so much easier than, than it was in the past. Um, and and that's just just beautiful. You know, if you were to see, I think even from, from the States, if you only had a long weekend, or probably not a weekend, it's hard to get on the weekend. If, if you just have three or four days in the week, you can come over on a Monday night and Tuesday to Friday play St. George's Hill, Sunningdale, Swinley, Walton Heath and be back on Saturday morning. You know, that's pretty darn good. Um, and as always, and I'm talking more East Coast, it takes you less time to do that than it does to go to the West Coast. So um, I would certainly say do not rule out England. Um, yeah. But we are just blessed here. Oh, sorry, just the bucket list. If, if you... Everyone should play the Heathlands in late August and early September when the heather is just in bloom and it's just there's a there's like a it's it's akin to playing Dornoch in May when the yeah. when the horse is in bloom. There's something that's just totally magical about that. That's awesome. Well, that's awesome. Well, well, look, David, you've been so gracious with your time. I know if anybody wants to get a hold of you, go on ukgolfguy.com on Instagram, the UK Golf Guy. And on the magical, formerly known as Twitter, the X, you are a UK golf guy. So uh, anybody, check out what uh, David's got going. He, he will absolutely help you 100%. If you want a trip overseas, just uh, go on there and uh, check it out. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, Colin, David, good being with you and talking golf. Let's do it again. Thanks, Steve. Enjoy to see you. Thank you. 
thanks so much to the UK golf guy, David Jones, for spending time with us today on the Silver Club podcast. Remember to hit that subscribe button and don't miss a future episode or download our previous 66 episodes that we've had. We want to connect you with what is great and what is cool in the game of golf. We just want to get you into that fabric of the game. So check out all of our previous episodes as well. And don't forget to stay in touch with us at Silver Club Golf on Instagram and the X. Or fill out our short web form at silverclubgs.com. I want to talk to you. Until next time, everybody, hit them long, hit them straight, and we'll bring you another Silver Club podcast real soon.